Hello, and welcome to today's Ancient Egyptian History Podcast, and we are going to meet Amenhotep I, so let's not keep him waiting. Amenhotep I was the second pharaoh of the 18th dynasty and had a solid military family background. He was never destined for the throne because he did have two older brothers, Almos Seper and Almos Ankh. Both died before they could take the throne. Amenhotep's mission and multifaceted purpose in life was to operate as a leader, defender, architect, governor, monarch, and divine intermediary between the people of ancient Egypt and the deities they revered. He, like earlier pharaohs, was commonly depicted in artwork and monuments, reinforcing his authority and the need for deference. As pharaoh, he built buildings and monuments to mark the thrones and the empire's wealth. His queen was almost Meritamen. Some believe she was also his older sister. This is the only concrete relationship we know about. When he died, he had no living heirs. Amenhotep I, like his father Almos I, ruled for a quarter of a century and left little documentation. The monarch launched a successful military campaign against Kush. According to Almos, son of Abana, his majesty captured the Nubian troglodyte in the middle of his soldiers. Almos Pednekbet, contemporaneous with Almos at El Kav, describes a Nubian campaign and a Libyan expedition. He was also known for further consolidating the military victories and gains of his father and solidifying the borders of Egypt. During Amenhotep I's reign, Egypt had a thriving cultural life. Science and the arts both prospered. Sculptures from this period show a sensitivity and a lifelikeness in contrast to the stiff formulaic depiction ancient Egyptian art is known for. The Ebers Papyrus was produced during this period, which contained a list of medical diagnoses and remedies. The first known water clock may also have been invented during his reign. Some scholars claim Amenhotep was the founder of the Valley of the Kings and associated village, and not Tutmosis I, but this hasn't been verified. The supposition comes from the proof that Deir el-Medina builders and artisans viewed him as a god. He was so meaningful to them that if they required a significant judicial decision or guilt needed to be proved, the villages would turn to him as an oracle. Amenhotep also undertook construction work on the Karnak Temple, as revealed by Anini, the architect in his autobiographical dedication, chief of all works at Karnak. He seems to be the first monarch to build his funerary temple away from his tomb. A grave with no inscription at the Drah Abu al-Naga has been attributed to Amenhotep. However, some scholars speculate that he was buried in a modest, undecorated, plundered tomb in the Valley of the Kings called KV-39. In recent times, some scholars have argued that the rock-cut tomb at Dra Abu el-Naga was indeed the original location. According to the Abbot Papyrus, wherever the grave was, the Committee of Inspection in year 16 of Ramesses IX certified it to be undamaged. However, looting of the tomb happened over time with the vast majority of graves in ancient Egypt. Until now, Amenhotep's mummy was the only royal mummy not to have been unwrapped. Meaning the mummy of Amenhotep is in an excellent state of preservation, considering it is over 2,000 years old. However, academics have digitally unwrapped the pharaoh's mummy. The data from the study gives us an image of what he looked like and what age he was when he ascended to be with Ra, the sun god. The great thing about it is that the computerized axial tomography scan, or CAT scan for short, has not caused any harm to the mummy. The examination has revealed how closely Amenhotep resembled his father, almost the first. He had a small nose, a narrow chin, and curly hair. He also had good teeth, the upper ones being a little prominent. He also had small ears with a small piercing in the left one. He was not a very tall man by modern standards. He was only about 169 centimeters tall. Inside the mummy's wrappings were 30 amulets and a girdle with gold beads. The age at which he died had often been debated among scholars, but the examination indicated he was 35 years old. The cause of death has still not yet been ascertained. 
All that scholars can determine is that there are no war wounds or signs of disease. After his burial, tomb robbers carried out the only signs of mutilations on the body that scholars could see. The mutilations included neck fractures and decapitation. When he was mummified, the embalmers did not remove the brain as was the typical custom. The ancient Egyptians believed the brain had no function and was redundant, so it is strange that they left his in his skull. During the 21st dynasty, in an effort to save the dead king, priests took Amenhotep's body under the guise of doing restorations to the tomb. They rewrapped the body under the orders of the Theban high priest of Ammon, Penjum I, and then placed it in DB 320 in Deir el-Bari. It was the same hiding place where many mummies of pharaohs and queens had been hidden to protect them from the perennial problem of tomb robbers. The king was to lay there until 1881 when he was discovered as part of the royal cache located in the Theban necropolis opposite the modern city of Luxor. Later research conducted by Gaston Mesparov stated that members of the local Ad el Rassel family discovered the tomb as early as 1871 because items such as canopic jars and fumarole papyri from this tomb showed up on the antiquities market in Luxor as early as 1874. Well, that's Amenhotep I. We hoped you enjoyed meeting him today. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to tell you friends, share, and subscribe. Until next time, keep safe.